The following podcast is a W2M Network original production. Visit W2Mnet.com for all of our other great podcasts, plus news, reviews, articles, and opinions from the worlds of wrestling, video games, football, and entertainment. Wrestling to the Max, Monday Night Raw, review. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Wrestling of the Max's Raw Review for October 23rd, 2017. And we are brought to you by W2Mnet.com, the place where you'll find all your great wrestling needs and a lot more. Make sure you go hit that subscribe button over at Wrestling of the Max. Make sure you also don't forget to rate and review. That just gives us a little bit more feedback on what you like and dislike. And, you know, gets us a little bit more exposure, too. And you get all the content in one nice bow once we get it all out there to you guys. And make sure you go find us on YouTube, iHeartRadio, any other place you'd like to go. Heck, you can even now go and get one of the Alexa devices for Amazon. And you could just, hey, search Spreaker and Wrestling to the Max. What a bam. There you go. You get our episodes. So easy as pie. You don't even have to touch a keyboard anymore. You don't have to use your phone. Now you can just voice it. So that's really, really cool. Make sure you go try that out if you have one. And, of course, we appreciate everybody who's already done it. And, you know, once again, uh, here we are for another great, interesting uh, show. Uh, I think the discussion is going to be more great than maybe actually the show itself. <laughs> for, for Well, the show we're talking about, I think this show is going to be just fine. But uh, I am your host, or I am co-host here, Gary Vaughn, and your official host, Mr. Paul Leeser. hey Yeah, I, I know that was a little bit stumbly, a mouthful, but I just wanted people to know this show is going to be fine. I, I just... Uh, I have a, a few concerns about talking about Raw tonight, I'll be honest with you, Paul. But I, I, I know we're going to get to all that. I just, oh boy. Uh, I, uh, so let's get this thing going I, before I go crazy. Yeah, let's let's do it. Uh, they open the show. Kurt Angle comes out and talks about TLC some. Uh, talks about how he wrote a new chapter in his career last night and how it was a dream come true and all this other stuff. However... It's time to move forward and look towards the next event, which is Survivor Series, which officially will be Raw versus SmackDown. Excuse me, and Kurt Angle starts announcing the matches. So basically, if you have a title, you're going to be facing your uh, your counterpart on the other brand. So that means you have, currently, you have Alexa Bliss taking on Natalia. You have The Miz taking on Baron Corbin. You have The Usos taking on Seth Rollins and Dean Ambrose, which just sounds wonderful. And uh, you have what is sure to be a murder fest as Brock Lesnar will take on Jinder Mahal, as well as two additional five-on-five traditional Survivor Series matches, which will feature a men's match and a women's match. Uh, This brings out uh, Miz and the Bar, who are pissed off at Kurt Angle for basically stealing the spotlight and getting involved in their business. And the Miz is ready for Kurt Angle to call it quits, stopping the GM. Clearly, you're, you're too involved. And uh, just as they start surrounding the ring, uh, after Kurt Angle says, well, no, I don't want to, uh, here comes the shield, Seth Rollins and Dean Ambrose to make the save. Uh, Basically, as we get to the standoff, Angle makes uh, a six-man tag match as The Miz and The Bar will face off against Dean Ambrose, Seth Rollins, and AJ Styles, who has decided to stick around for another night. And 
Boy, howdy, was this a barn burner of a match. Uh, nearly 20 minutes of incredible action, if you ask me. Maybe one of the best matches on Raw all year. And uh, Rollins and Ambrose and AJ end up coming out on top of Styles. Uh, crushes Cesaro with the uh, phenomenal form to get the victory. Uh, okay, so uh, we got a match here to talk about. But before we do, I just wanted to kind of get into a little bit of the Survivor Series stuff you mentioned here. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I think we are all salivating over the tag match. Uh, I think that's going to be a ton of fun to see the Usos and, of course, the Shield. I think that's going to be a blast. So, (laughs) yeah, you've already sold me on that. Um, You know, Brock Lesnar beating Mahal up. I, I, hey, I'm I'm game for that too. To be yeah, honest with you, that could be really fun. <laughs> so that that'd be interesting. Plus all the uh, F5s and things that that's going to happen to the Singh brothers. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, the, the ones that really do interest me, I think it'll be fine. Um, but the Miz and Baron Corbin, uh, that could be interesting. Uh, I I don't know. You know, this be a heel versus hero heel situation. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then of course, same thing with the women's championship. Both women's champions are heels. Uh, so. Those are some matchups I find interesting. I really wonder how they're going to shake it out. You know, I think if you ask me, it seems a little stronger on the Raw side for both those matches. That's just my personal opinion, though. I, I like both Bliss and Miz. I think they're freaking awesome at what they do. Um, and uh, I, I think it's really cool from my point of view to, to have both five-on-five five in the men and women's divisions. So, uh, as it sits, I, I'm pretty happy so far what we got with the Carver Survivor Series. I'm not going to say it was a home run or anything, but I think they did a nice little thing here and, and gave me something to care about. Mm-hmm. I, I agree with you, right? I mean, the tag title match sounds really fun. I think the women's title uh, match could also be quite interesting, too. I think Bliss and Natalia may not look terrific on paper, but Bliss brings one half of the equation. I think Natalia brings the other half. Uh, and when you put that together, I think you could have something really fun. The only one I'm really worried about is Miz and Corbin, just because the way they work is both very slow and plodding, and that doesn't sound super appetizing uh, as far as, you know, one-on-ones go. But I think Jinder and Brock could be fun, just because I'm really hoping it's Brock mauling the Singh brothers and Jinder for about seven minutes before he decides to call it quits. <laughs> <laughs> I'm right there with you, to be honest. You know, I, I think that's a big deal uh, for the fact that, you know, they're going to have the Singh brothers involved and to see how this whole thing shakes out. Because, you know, Mahal's got to have some kind of plan up his sleeve, right? Mm-hmm. Um, now, I, I don't know if it's going to be Great Kali, uh, but there's some plan in place. So, I don't know. I think it's got some, some definitely mystery to it. Yeah, it's got some legs because... We could live in a world with the way that SmackDown has been booked, where Jinder Mahal somehow beats Brock Lesnar, Gary. Like, that could happen. Oh, do you think uh, the internet would explode just immediately as the bell rings? I think it might spontaneously combust. (laughs) (laughs) PCs and servers everywhere go up in flames, uh, and, and maybe that's the start of Armageddon. I don't know. What a way to start it, but I, I don't blame the folks if they do that. So, 
Yeah, I mean, it, it's interesting, and you know, we'll definitely talk more Survivor Series as the show goes on. But I think that that it, for for sure it is a great setup, and I'm honestly happy that was the first thing we heard about. It's it's nice to hear the results of TLC the night after. I guess if you just want to recap it all, but this is a nice fresh of breath there, and I think they want to get this thing going quick. I don't think they want to hesitate. TLC was the last thing they needed to get out of the way before Survivor Series, I think, right? Make sure I don't forget something. Um, but, yeah, I think this is great. Yeah, yeah, Survivor Series is the next one up. I, I, I don't have a problem with any of this. Um, we're going to talk a lot more about the 5-on-5 five five build later on. But, I mean, everything I think they mapped out here, it makes. I don't know if it makes for a particular you know, great show that's going to sell out the building or something like that down at the Toyota Center in Houston, but I... I think the Raw vs. SmackDown obligatory pay-per-view during the brand splits usually always end up being fun, if not sometimes always putting on the best matches that you know you want to see. Yeah, for sure. So, you know, a lot of positive things coming out of that. And I think, you know, for the match, you know, itself on this beginning of Raw, the three-on-three really was kind of fun. Having AJ Styles involved, you know, of course he didn't get a chance to wear the shield cut, but I think he still had fun. <laughs> so, <laughs> uh, I, it really did work out very well. I'm pretty pleased on what I saw here in this. And I think, you know, honestly, the Miz and the Bar still look strong. They came out of this match not looking like idiots. You know, sure, they had their moments of being heels and, you know, rolling out of the ring and trying to get away. But I think for the most part, they stayed strong against the Shield. The Shield never looked like they were the overwhelming favorites. They still had to battle it out to to win this match. So I think a great start to Raw. You know, a great announcement. I think a match coming out here and really putting it away for a good start. I was pretty well happy with it. Yeah, I I didn't have a problem with any of this either. I I mean, great action on TV is always well appreciated, and I mean AJ Styles, Seth Rollins, Dean Ambrose—that's a dream tag team right there too. So it's just really really cool to see uh, as AJ Styles seems to be the fill-in for Roman Reigns this week. And honestly, I don't know a soul alive who's going to complain about that. Oh no. Uh, let's skip ahead to the end of the show because I don't at all want to talk about Kane. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> thank you i just have to say that <laughs> uh kurt angle comes out to end the show uh he's planning on announcing his five uh members of team raw uh and before he can sort of uh get any words out about who is going to make up the team shane mcmahon's music hits he comes out through the crowd he's got basically what looks like almost the entire smackdown live roster with him uh, they come down and surround the ring, and Shane McMahon just very simply says, under siege, and all the boys run off, all boys and girls, because the women's division here is too, all run off to the back, and basically hunt down members of the Raw roster and spend the last 10 minutes of the show at least just absolutely annihilating them. And it's it's not it's not like the big guys until the end, right? But, you, you know, Kurt Hawkins, Titus O'Neil, Apollo Crews... I got, you know, a lot of those middle to lower card workers basically getting annihilated. The Good Brothers are in there, too, Matt Hardy. Uh, the Shield try to step up and, and stop them, and they just get mauled, too. And then the women, of course, get their turn to maul the Raw's women division, too. Uh, thankfully, Asuka's not to be seen. But this is just, it's a crazy chaotic scene. Uh, they, they haul Angle back out to the ring to face Shane. 
And Shane says, you know what? Bring everything you got and bring what's left of your roster. We fired the first shot. And at Survivor Series, we're going to finish the whole darn thing. They make their exit, and Angle just looks super depressed at the end. And I thought this was really, really cool. This is something they've never... They've done Invasion Angles right this, but they, I don't think they've ever done it to the degree where one brand just gets to wholesale murder the other. I thought this was wonderful. Yeah, you know what? And here's the thing. Sure, you know, you mentioned that a lot of the big names on the Raw roster were not around. Mm -hmm. And I get that, right? I mean, I I see that that, you know, a lot of people would say, oh, that's kind of cheesy and all that. I'm usually one of those people. But you're right. The way they systematically just went through the back and just destroyed everybody inside – that was okay with me. I mean, it, it made that statement that you needed to see. It definitely made your, you know, your kind of your heart sink for the raw roster because they, you know, were really kind of innocent. It was just, just kind of like a Pearl Harbor situation. I mean, mm-hmm. it, you know, theoretically, I'm not saying this is like that. Anyway, my point being, I really appreciate this. I think it worked out well. It's so interesting to, to kind of see this SmackDown rosters as just these bad people. Because that's the way you feel this entire time. Absolutely. Like These guys are huge heels. The New Day, guys you love to joke around with, they're the biggest baby faces on SmackDown. And they come out here and they are complete jerks. They're on a mission to kill, destroy. And I think, you know, that just really changes your mind about them. And tomorrow when you're watching SmackDown, I'm really kind of curious if they're going to make you feel a different way. Mm-hmm. And what is Raw going to do? Or how are they going to respond to this? So there's lots of those questions coming up. But I, I did appreciate the tactics that they had here. And I love, and I don't know if they've ever done this, Paul. You correct me if I'm wrong, but I love the fact that they didn't just end with them in the locker room. They all came back down to the ring and made Kurt Angle come out with them and just let him stand in front of Shane McMahon and just be humiliated, Mm -hmm. completely humiliated, and they did their exit. So, you know, it's something to me, it was very dramatic, it was very theatrical, but at the end, you have emotions. You care about what's going on. You can't wait till Tuesday night like me right now. I wish we were listening to the SmackDown Live review show because I want to know what happened. I can't wait to find out what's going on. So lots of great stuff, lots of good you know, content here mm-hmm. to get you pumped. And I, I don't know, Paul. I mean, to me, they did something here that was great um, that needed to be done because I'll be honest with you. Sometimes the Raw versus SmackDown stuff becomes monotonous over time. It's yeah. like, uh, you know, it's, it's like a video game. It's So... They, they usually resort to a lot of same old, same old tactics, uh, I think, is is what I, is usually what I always take away from this, whether it's Survivor Series or, or bragging rights the, the last time around. Uh, it's just, it's usually always the same stuff, right? You have your big guys get announced, you do all these things. It just feels the same. This has felt very different. It felt very fresh. And uh, I, I'm, I'm with you. They usually do end it like, look at all the chaos, and then they'll, they'll pan the show out or whatever. And I really, really liked how they let Shane sort of get the last word here. Although, it, and, and, you know, I definitely want to get your piece on this too. It feels like Shane and Kurt are going to end up wrestling at Survivor Series. Just off of this segment, it very much feels like they're both going to be, I guess, captaining the team at this point. 
Uh, yes, I agree with you 100%. I really do. And you felt that. you all, all, Okay, so earlier in the show, they have their little segment where Kurt – you know, has Shane walk into his office and he's so excited to see him. And he makes the comment about AJ. You know, he appreciates, you know, that Rock and use AJ thinking Shane McMahon for him and says he'd love to make him a permanent piece. Shane says there's no way that's going to happen. And I love Kurt basically kind of taking a shot at Shane in this and saying, look, you know, without AJ, you probably wouldn't really have a roster. Mm-hmm. He's your saving grace. And you know, of course, Shane, you know, sure is upset about that, but, you know, it doesn't make a big deal. They kind of play nice. Uh, and that's, in fact, where the first Under Siege was actually mentioned. Um, so it was great that that was revisited later in the show. So I right there in that segment, I started thinking the same thing you're thinking. Those wheels were turning for those guys to have a match. Now that WB knows that Kurt Angle can get in the ring and compete, and we've seen Shane do it plenty of times now, that's going to be awesome. I, them as leaders of Team Raw, Team SmackDown is going to be something super special. I am super happy about that personally. Yeah, I, I am too to a certain extent. I, it it would feel very different because you usually just have the GMs hanging out on the outside, sort of just you know coaching the team or whatever. But to have them, I think, in there adds a nice little flavor. Um, not to you know, both Kurt and Shane are likable in their own different ways too, and I think that really helps out a lot. So, I, I'm not saying it's going to happen because there's a lot of people on the show that could get left off. I think if you leave Kurt Angle and Shane as as wrestlers, but uh, you know, I guess we'll just have to see. They could add another Survivor Series match or something like that too. Yeah, you just never know. The, the one also interesting aspect of this is in that scenario that those guys are wrestling this Survivor Series. Uh, you have a situation where in the authority figures of both shows, there's only one Kurt Angle for Raw, and there's two. Daniel Bryan's also a part of SmackDown. And would he get involved? Not not that he would wrestle. That's definitely not on the table. Mm-hmm. But would he come out and do something dastardly, you know, like throw something at Kurt to distract him or something like that to kind of give Team SmackDown a, you know, a little bit of a help here? Um Something like that could be something interesting to think about, you know. Just it, I just wanted to throw that out there, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, definitely a possibility. Also, the one thing I'll say before we close this and kind of leave it to see what happens next, but you know, I think you know uh, there will be a lot of focus on the internet and, and people talking about the fact that you know, man, it definitely had a clear house of all the big superstars in the back during that invasion tonight. You know, the one thing that we can say is maybe, you know, Kane, he's supposed to be mystical. Maybe he just went back to hell. You know, who knows? Maybe. Because, I mean, he was a big guy there. Uh, I, I, in fact, I think Shane McMahon must have sent him some flowers and said, thank you for getting rid of Brock, uh, Braun Strowman. Because <laughs> I think if Braun Strowman would have been there, I guarantee you he could have took out at least half of the SmackDown roster. Yeah. Um, before they, you know, overwhelmed him. So, that, that's a big thing, not having Braum uh, there. And then Brock Lesnar, you know, he's out of there immediately after his segment. So things like that you have to take into to, you know, consideration. And, and where was the, the whole time I was thinking this, too. Raw has a luxury. They don't only just have a roster, but they also have the Cruiserweights. They have the entire 205 Live roster there, too. Mm-hmm. But just to let everybody know really quickly, the Cruiserweights, they dress in the basement. They're not allowed to rest, you know, dress with the rest of the guys, so. 
Well, well we know Enzo can't. Uh, he's still not yeah. in that locker room. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I was kidding, but you know, actually, that's a little bit of reality for people. So, yeah. <laughs> poor Enzo, he's outside eating chicken while he's getting changed. You know, so there you go. Just a little insight I thought I'd give the folks. Uh, and seeing as I still really don't want to talk about Kane Gary, let's talk about this Paul Heyman and Brock Lesnar segment. Uh, about halfway through the show, Heyman comes out, does the usual spiel with Brock, and uh, basically buries gender under some true facts, saying that, you know, Mahal isn't even a worthy pretender to being WWE champion. He runs down all the names who have held the title. Uh, and basically tells him, you can't even hold a candle to Brock Lesnar. I, I mean, who who are you? You're just you're just nothing. Every the last time somebody from SmackDown tangled with Brock, he almost died uh, because Randy Orton almost bled to death. You know, I mean, it's just it it was so wonderfully brutal and honest, and you know, it doesn't always work, but when it does, boy, does it feel special. And this kind of felt special. It did because, you know, it's Paul Heyman. He has his just best effort sometime of selling something. And I think this is one of those highlights uh, of a way he can sell something. That it's going to be a brutal murder. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, it's, 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 it's a nice way of him coming out here and saying, this is why you should understand that this is going to happen. This is why the code when code 187 is mentioned out there in the world about what took place in the ring. This is exactly why, because of all these accolades, because of who Brock Lesnar is and what he's about. And sorry, you know, you have no shot Mahal. And in many words, he said this and, uh, I kind of thought to myself when I first saw this segment going to take place, I thought this is going to be boring. It's going to be the same old thing. And it's not that it hit a home run, but I still think that Paul Heyman kept us interested. Mm -hmm. And he really still kept a big fight feel for something that is not, at least at the time, on paper, is not going to be a big fight. Right. Yeah. The only cachet it has is that you have the two champions from each show facing each other. That's really it because – I mean, you look at it, and you have Brock Lesnar, who is basically treated as, I mean, almost a god at this point, right? And then you have poor Jinder, who can't win clean, can only have one match, and is just getting dumped on every week by everybody, us included, of course. But uh, it just it doesn't feel fair at all. <laughs> mm. It really does. And, and, you know, at this early stage, it's... It's really hard for us to sit here and make all the predictions on something that's a little bit away from us. So mm-hmm. it, that's a little unfair to do. But at this point, as we sit here and you really kind of contemplate it, you're thinking to yourself, the only way this is going to work out in Mahal's favor is outside interference. All those things you just mentioned that usually get Mahal a victory. So mm-hmm. if they go down that path, they go down that path. But I, I still don't think any distraction, anybody that gets in the way of Brock Lesnar is going to be successful. Yeah, I, I agree with you entirely. So. Uh, I guess we've danced around it enough. After that six-man tag we gloated about earlier in the show, you have Kane come out. He helps Miz in the bar beat down uh, the shield, essentially. Uh, they cut to commercial. Kane is in the ring and gets some promo time uh, and gives us some highlights of Braun basically getting murdered inside the garbage truck. 
Uh, and Kane says, you know, I, I heard how big and bad this Braun Strowman dude was, but, you know, he he's not anything compared to me. I, I'm the real monster around here. When I looked at Braun, I saw fear, and I want... I want competition now. I, you know, or else I'm going to start murdering people. Basically, still in bronze bit. Here comes Finn Balor, and seven minutes later, Kane beats Finn, and th- this was just not very good at all. Kane very much showing his age, and get basically gets the chance to almost annihilate Finn. Uh, I mean, granted, it does take a lot of choke slams to keep Finn down at the end, but. This felt like the absolutely wrong matchup to go with here. That, that's what I want to say about it. That's it. Mm-hmm. Uh, sigh. <laughs> no, uh, I'll say more. No, 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 no. <laughs> I, I feel like we, we. I should say this. Okay, so you can. It's it's apparent. It's been a while since we've heard Kane on the mic, and I, at first I was really getting frustrated. He is boring me i don't care he's not very good right now and then he gets a little bit more emotional and you kind of feel like okay i get it i get it kane you know you're upset because brom came out and bragged and bragged and bragged i don't think that's the right story to tell but okay whatever they want to do this with kane i i still feel like the purpose of kane coming back should have always been and, and it couldn't be because of what it was but i think it should have started out with kane saying something like you know the only reason i came back and got involved in this match is because i wanted to destroy the guy that sent my brother away roman reigns and since i couldn't have him i wanted to take out the guy that always claims to be the biggest guy strongest guy i wanted to prove a point and that's why i did what i did against brom something like that to me would have been way entertaining comparative he brags he brags and brags i'm here to shut him up i just don't care it doesn't matter to me uh, still that's not even the worst part about this i really do feel like the worst part about this is you have Finn Balor winning a, a big matchup against AJ Styles at TLC. Mm-hmm. I, I, I was so congratulatory of WB, the efforts they put into it that had a huge feel to it. It was electric. Finn Balor winning gave him a notch on his belt that he desperately needed. Mm-hmm. Desperately. And then they just took a big dump on him tonight. It's like, oh, Finn, that was so cute. Now go sit in the corner because you don't belong in the ring with the rest of these guys. That's the way I felt. It just is terrible. It is awful. So I am really disappointed in what they're doing with Finn. I don't know. I I don't know. I mean, this is basically almost the very definition of 50-50 booking. You have uh, Finn win a very hard-fought match against one of the top guys in the company on TLC last night. He comes into Raw this week and, and basically gets destroyed by Kane. Like That is... The definition of a mixed message, 50-50, but whatever you want to call it, right? I mean, Finn, uh, you don't really know what to think about him anymore, right? And it's not like they were really selling the, the TLC match or anything like that. He just he just went in there and got ran over. Uh, and that's... It really... I understand, right? You want Kane to look strong. He's got to face Braun, who is basically uh, indestructible at this point, as we've seen. Uh Car crashes can't hurt him. Uh, ridiculous, over-the-top things can't hurt him. I bet you we're going to come back next week and he's going to have crushed up the, uh, the the trash compactor truck you know, that came around with him on Sunday. So 
I under, it just you picked the wrong guy, right? And it, it it really sucks that this had to come at the sacrifice of everything. I think they did right with Finn, and in less than twenty four hours, they've already crapped the bed on it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a really really disappointing part of this whole thing, and it, it makes me feel like there's a chart backstage, and Vince is pointing to it and says, "Okay, guys, look, seven feet." To six four, you guys get seventy thirty wins. Below six four, down to you know five 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 three fifty fifty booking. Below five, you know five three or littler, you're just sorry, you're out of luck. Sol. Um, so it's 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 just annoying. I, I just I want Finn to be able to get on track to do something because I think he really legitimately deserves those opportunities. And I just don't know that they're going to give it to him any time soon based on what they're doing here with him now. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I agree with you entirely. Uh, so let's uh, – we'll go ahead and jump into uh, talking about everything they did with the women tonight. Uh, you have Asuka and Emma rematch, and Asuka wins in about five minutes or so. I th- think Asuka still doesn't feel any different. I was expecting her to kind of just come in and run Emma over this go-around. And while I'm glad they're not willing to sell Emma down the river, uh, because she's very competitive once again here, Asuka needs to feel special. This is supposed to be somebody who's supposed to come in and freshen up the division and bring a lot of excitement and energy to it. And it doesn't feel that way. It just feels like she's here to sort of float around with everybody else. And... Uh, you know, it's not it. We don't all float down here. Some people rise like the balloon. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you for the it reference. Appreciate that. Uh, Pennywise would be proud. You know, uh, you know, I agree with you, and it's been a, a, an issue for us ever since last night. And we kind of looked at this situation as, yes, they want to get her mixed into the roster. They want her to come out, but maybe they don't want her to be like she was in NXT because they want her to kind of feel like she's on a more even playing field now that she's out of NXT. Mm-hmm. And I, I get that to a, a, an extent. But here's the thing. It's like when you're talking college football to pro football. The guys that are, that are the top ten picks are probably going to come in and compete with the top superstars in the NFL and sometimes even outdo a few of them. Mm-hmm. Now, the lower guys, you know, second round, third round, all that, sure, you're going to have a learning curve, and a lot of those guys are not going to compete. Asuka comes in as a first-round draft pick. She is a big deal. She was undefeated in NXT. I think they need to carry that over as much as they may not want to. Understand that this person has faced people like Emma, and she has defeated them, including Bailey and others that you have on your roster. Understand that and know that. So come on. Let's give her that chance to – I'm not just saying come out and bore us with squashes, mm-hmm. but you know, I think shorter matches are needed. I think the two-and-a-half-minute two matches with Asuka it makes more sense than stretching it out to five minutes, seven minutes, those kind of things, because she is a big deal. There's a reason why she ran through NXT. If, if she was just like everybody else, she would not have been undefeated in NXT. Mm-hmm. I think that's the big deal here too, right? Because you have commentary – talking very often and uh about how dominant she was in nxt 
how you know how long her undefeated streak was. How she you know she basically just came in and won the belt and ran with it. And as as much as I love Emma, she has not had the greatest track record on Raw this year. Um, and I, I I want her to succeed as much as the next guy too. But Oscar is 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 going. She should be the star of the show right now. She's fresh. She's new. She has all this history with a lot of people on this brand, which is great. Bailey, Nia Jax, Emma. She's never faced Sasha before, which is a nice, fresh, like, little dream match I'm sure people have. But if you don't have her come in and make all this noise, that's all going to get lost. People aren't going to care anymore. Just like I think people already kind of sleep on the women's division here unless Alexa Bliss is in the ring talking, which uh, we're going to talk about up next. But it ju- it doesn't feel right. It's like you've read – it's like you're reading a book. And you get about halfway through, and suddenly the entire pace changes, and it just doesn't connect anymore. It's the same with TV, right? I mean, it just, when a character does something that feels just so completely against what they've done the entire time you've seen them, there's a huge disconnect there. It's bad storytelling. I agree. And there are issues like that that kind of have been plaguing this division for a long time and they definitely need to add those new faces you know it's kind of funny because we've talked about Nia Jax in the past and Nia Jax was supposed to be a new face to come in and really change things up to, to make some waves to you know break up the monotony and yet Nia Jax just joined in on the monotony yep and I'm terribly afraid that Asuka joining in on the monotony and that doesn't help anybody. It doesn't make your show more entertaining. Uh, you got to think TLC had three women's matches, right? Three, right? You, you got to include the kickoff match, I think. Mm-hmm. That should be a pivotal thing. That should be something that's special and great. Yet at the end of the, the thing, uh, we kind of look at this and say, well, you know, the, 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 the kickoff match was what it was. It's going to could have missed that. You know, the match with Oscar was fine, but it just kind of went along. And then you had the title match, which was fine, too. But all that never really boiled down to great storylines, to anything super spectacular. I think Alexa Bliss and Mickey James had the better storyline. Everything made sense. You kind of cared. The rest of it was just kind of, hey, here's a match. <laughs> and that's not going to work with everybody. You know, now if you have diehards, kind of like us, you know, pay attention to a lot of history. It We will buy into some of that stuff, but a majority of those casual fans are just going to say, it's just a match, whatever. That's the reason those folks don't watch Ring of Honor. That's the reason a lot of those folks don't watch NXT, because they need lots of babying. They need lots of storylines. I don't mean to be ugly to anybody who's a casual, but I'm just – I'm making that reference because, trust me, I was one of those people before I delved into doing podcasting and following closely in the product. I had to be babied a lot because, well, if it was just a match, I would fast-forward through it. Mm Mm-hmm. All good points right there. Uh, After a commercial break, we come back. Alexa is in the ring uh, talking about her victory over Mickey James uh, and is ready to go to Survivor Series and put down the cat lady, Natalia, which uh, which made me laugh. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Oh, boy. Uh, She she felt disrespected um, because you had all these other matches last night where people – immediately got on their side like like Finn and Styles are chanting this is awesome and all that and claims that everybody's just jealous of her and her success and tries to lead everybody in a chant saying that she deserves it 
however, the crowd, of course, hates Alexa uh, beautifully, and they just turn on her. And then Mickey James shows up and attacks Alexa, lays her out with the DDT, and uh, Mickey gets to tell her that, you know what, Alexa, you do deserve it. So <laughs> I thought this was a nice piece of business, personally. <laughs> I, I wholeheartedly agree. And, you know, and Alexa Bliss coming out and cutting this promo just right up her alley. I, I think it, it it works great because she's able to kind of gloat on her victory at TLC, make fun of Mickey James even, some more, talk, even talk about her kid. Which is wow, you know, still that you know, bringing that up even, uh, and, and then of course calling to tell you the cat lady, like you mentioned, all those things are great. It was fun. And I can't wait to hear more of these promos when it comes to Natalia. She is going to tear her apart about being old, too. You know she is. Yeah, I can't wait. Oh, and talking about her Uncle Brett and all that. Oh, it's going to be a blast. Um, So, you know, in in the end, this is good. And I love just the the exclamation mark here with Mickey James. It was that Clint Eastwood moment. You're right. You do deserve it. (laughs) That was great. Uh, Bailey and Sasha Banks meet with Kurt Angle backstage and they, uh, they all want to, they want to captain the, the women's team for Survivor Series. Here comes Lucia Fox and she wants the same as well. So Kurt makes a triple threat and, uh, we get that match later on in the evening. This, this was not, not good at all. Uh, too long. I think it's poorly planned out as well. You just have, they're just out there doing junk basically. And uh, the crowd just doesn't care at all about what's going on here because really, these three haven't been the focus of the division at all. And Bailey still, I think, is trying to recover from the bad stink from earlier in this year. Sasha's very much been put to the side once again, and Alicia's never really been much of anything since about two, the late two thousands. Uh, so Alicia Fox does win here. Uh, I. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know, Gary. This, uh. Yeah, this is something that, you know, would be in the category of bathroom break. Mm-hmm. Um, and I hate to say that. I really, really do, especially with some of the talent in the ring. Uh, you know, hey, here's the thing. Once again, something thrown at you that really doesn't hold a lot of weight. I, you know, you got to like the surprise victory for Alicia Fox. I, I think that that does kind of throw some interesting things at us for the fact of her being the team captain. Is that really all that wise? Is that going to hurt Raw in the end? And who is she going to choose to be on her team? Mm-hmm. Right. So all these things uh, could be actually interesting coming out of this. But besides that, the rest of it's just ho-hum. You, you just really feel bad for these ladies. You really, really do. And, you know, I, I think Sasha Banks, you know, her and Finn Balor are probably going to have to hang out and talk business because they're in the same category, you know. Uh, and I think Bailey could also join in that conversation. Alicia Fox is just there to, to act crazy. That's all. So, <laughs> yeah, so there you go. I mean, Paul, that's the only thing I find coming out of this interesting is, yes, the Survivor Series stipulation brings interest the rest of this is just a throwaway yeah it it is just not some not a good portion of television if you ask me Mm. on the flip side of that though you have uh the drifter come out he's ready to play us another tune uh makes fun of aaron Rodgers, which is not the last time we will hear somebody make fun of aaron Rodgers for having the broken collarbone uh runs down jason jordan for the whole fruit incident last night at tlc and says he has something special planned for tonight However, somebody keeps playing with the noise levels and distorting him as he's trying to sing. 
And, of course, the uh, the drifter goes on a rant about people not doing their job correctly and threatens to come back there and beat everybody up. And uh, here comes Jason Jordan, who you have to basically assume is the person behind the distortion noises ready for a match. Uh, he, they get a real brief amount of time to work here before Elias decides that he's done playing games with Jason Jordan, grabs his guitar, and just smashes it over him to... to cause the disqualification it's it's kind of hard to feel bad for jason jordan <laughs> he's been a real dick these last two days <laughs> he sure has and you know when i heard that distortion at first i got kind of concerned that it was jason jordan with the dj set up there trying to chicka 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 um but it wasn't and you know i i I think these guys have something. Once again, they're in the same boat. I, I talked about this on the TLC review. They're kind of in the same boat. They, WB wants both these guys to succeed. But now against each other, which way are they going? And this is their 50-50 booking because Jason Jordan got to win the match last night by a quick roll-up. And now it's uh, Jason Jordan getting blasted with a guitar. And now Silas gets to walk away. Or Elias. Elias. I keep saying Silas. Elias walks away happy. Uh, so, you know, I think this is, it's a quick piece of work. I, I think it has something, um, if it was going to stand on legs, it's standing on at least a one. <laughs> uh, I, I don't know that, you know, people are just crazy about it, but I, I think it works mm-hmm. for what it is, right? Yeah, I, I agree with you entirely. This is, this is a nice mid-card feud, and while I don't think you really know where to stand with Jason, uh, Elias's act continues to get heat. Which is which is nice, right? I mean, I talked about this on the TLC show too. Somebody who we on this show did not give a chance in hell of really ever making it in NXT has really come down to the main roster and sort of blossomed into into a very reliable mid card heel act, and that's that is not something WWE always finds. Um, and this it's kind of nice that they lucked into this one. Yeah, definitely. And uh, Elias, you get points for me. Making fun of Aaron Rodgers is never a bad thing for my book. <laughs> Sorry, Packers fans. Uh, the, so I think the last thing we really have left to talk about is the Cruiserweights, uh, who, uh, first off, Kaliso gets interviewed earlier in the night. He's mad that he lost his championship due to Enzo's cheating ways. Uh, so he's cashing in his rematch clause tomorrow night on 205 Live. However, tonight we get a bit of a Survivor Series preview as it's Team Lucha Lucha versus the Zoe Train, um, which I thought was a nice little pun, personally. And before that match, we have the Zoe Train come out, and Gulak gets to do Enzo's stick um, because Enzo obviously has is losing his voice, as we got to hear last night. And... <laughs> I, uh, this might have been one of my favorite parts of the show because Gulak reads this off in quite possibly the whitest voice I've ever heard in my life. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, they get to bury the Packers and Aaron Rodgers here too, but, uh, Drew Gulak is just, uh, an unsung hero, I think, at 205 Live. I love him so much. He's wonderful. I definitely do too. This guy has something to offer. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, even if it's not always in the ring, he, he's definitely a great character overall. So there you go. I mean, I, I think they did a decent job setting things up here. And, you know, when you, you break it down and you get into the match, I mean, I think the match actually offered some fun moments. And Grand Metal Leak, man, he, he got to shine. He, yes. he really did. 
And I'm really, really happy about that. He's a guy that honestly does not get to be showcased very often in the Cruiserweight division. So very happy for him. You know, and, you know, Kalisto and his team, you know, uh, Team Lucha getting the victory to me, it works, you know, especially after what we saw at TLC. So I, I'm not going to complain about this. I think they actually did a good job. I uh, really dug the match, too, which uh, the Zotrain is, is comprised of Enzo Amore. I, oh, God. Enzo Amore, Arya Davari, Tony Nese, Noam Dar, and Drew Gulak, while Team Lucha Lucha is Kalisto. Rich Swan, Mustafa Ali, Cedric Alexander, Grand Metalik, which is a dream team of high flyers on a team if I've ever seen one. And uh, they get almost 10 minutes here, and I really enjoyed this match personally. There's tons of energy, people doing dives everywhere. This is just great fun that you can have with the Cruiserweight division and really does provide a boost to the show. And you're right, I think Grand Metalik got a lot in. I think most of the baby faces got a chance to look like they were the hottest thing since sliced bread, right? And Kalisto ends up getting the Slita del Sol on Enzo after a whole ton of dives uh, to the outside by everybody else uh, to get some momentum going into tomorrow. But uh, you're right. This this was just a really, really enjoyable match. And uh, honestly, this is a great way, I think, to feature 205 Live and try to get you to tomorrow to watch on the network. Because, I mean... I, I, I admit I don't watch 205 Live as much as I used to anymore since I don't have to do the review show. Uh, I'm, I'm going to be watching tomorrow, though. This was great. Oh, yeah, you're right on that. And uh, one of the biggest reasons, and oh, this is weird to say, it, and I don't, maybe I shouldn't say it, but uh, Kalisto mentioning that, that you know the title's on the line tomorrow. Mm-hmm. It makes sure you want to tune in. <laughs> it does. So and it's kind of weird to say that Kalisto cut a promo that made you want to watch something. It's it, <laughs> It, it just feels wrong. It's like, you know, so. Yeah, circumstances definitely helping him out there. But that's uh, that's all of Raw for us here to talk about tonight, Gary. So we just got a, got to, wow, I can't talk at all tonight. Got to put a number on this thing. What you going to give it? You know, here's the thing. I think the end of the show was really great. Like it said, Survivor Series up. Uh, I, I kind of felt like that. Really, honestly, Vince McMahon must be watching Walking Dead, right? Um, because they're in a war right now, if you people aren't watching it. Uh, and a small group is fighting a large group, and the small group invades first. And that's what happens here with SmackDown. SmackDown is a smaller group. They don't have the extended roster that Raw does. So I'm curious if you know SmackDown firing their first shot and wrecking house is going to cause even more problems with Raw having a huge roster. Um, so nonetheless, I think that's kind of a funny little add-in here. And the rest of the stuff, honestly, was okay. I really was underwhelmed by parts of the show, and the rest of the stuff was just subpar. Um, so for me, I'm going to give it a five and a half. I, I just, I really wish they could have gave us a little bit more coming out of TLC. Um, I, I think probably I had a couple matches I really enjoyed, and then you got to throw in that whole thing at the end. I tell you what, uh, they had a really hot opening thirty minutes, and they had a really hot closing thirty minutes, and everything else in between is either mediocre to just not good at all, um, and that really, really sucks. Uh, the Kane stuff I could do without, especially Finn having to take the fall there. That was not good. I thought the the captaining the women's division or the women's team stuff was also 
pretty bad as well. And then everything else is just sort of floating around existing, uh, except for the Cruiserweights, who I thought did a great job tonight. And, of course, as I mentioned, the, the top segment and the bottom segment, just crushing it out of the ballpark. I think five and a half is about right. Uh, I was I was originally thinking of five, but, I mean, that mat, the, the six-man tag is just wonderful. If you haven't watched it yet, absolutely go track that down. It is terrific. But uh, I think everything else just about speaks for itself. So, yeah, five and a half, good call, Gary. Yeah. Oh, there you go, folks. That is our raw review tonight. Hopefully next week we'll have a higher rating because hopefully the show next week is really, really good. We're excited about telling you folks that there is a SmackDown Live show tomorrow that we'll be having a review as well as 205 Live. So go check those out. Harry Broadhurst and Liz Pagalusi. I believe that's how you say her last name. I'm still trying to learn that. Uh, they do a great job over there. Go check them out. And of course, me and Paul will be doing the NXT review. That'll be available Friday for you guys, so make sure you don't forget to go check that one out, too. Plus, our normal episodes of the Wrestling to the Max, we're going to have a lot of fun. We'll be talking Ring of Honor uh, on episode 270, part one, uh, and we'll also be jumping into some really interesting quick hits, so you don't want to miss that show. And later uh, this week, Friday, we'll be delving into some other great news topics, plus talking Impact Wrestling, jumping into some other stuff like uh, Superstar of the Week. So, once again, I mean, just a great week of wrestling. You don't want to miss a minute of the action we thank you for joining us tonight don't forget to go check out w2mnet.com that's the place where you can find all your great wrestling needs and a lot more hit that subscribe button over at wrestling to the max plus go ahead and give us a rate and review we thank you to those who've already done it and don't forget formal one mania and last word on ProWrestling.com. those are amazing websites that you need to go check out we thank them for all their support and we are out of here so for myself and mr paul Ezer, we will catch you guys down the road have a good one guys The following podcast is a W2M Network original production. Visit W2Mnet.com for all of our other great podcasts, plus news, reviews, articles, and opinions from the worlds of wrestling, video games, football, and entertainment.